Welcome back to Indeed, uh, Razzball Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Sun Edition, uh, episode number 45. I am humbled and honored to bring aboard John Fish, a.k.a. The Shark. Uh, I think his last name is fake, to be honest with you, to kind of get people off the scent. Um, you know, if you're on the Twitter machine, you know, he's always out there hobnobbing with, you know, the, the top players out there, you know, the bad settlers of the world. Um, I, I don't know. Like, are you like the Kanye West of, of fantasy? Like, the are you a Kardashian? You know, something like that. Um, but you know, I, I, I I'm looking forward to this pod because, um, you know, recently I've had some really like awesome guests, and I think the insight has been great. You know, Fish is, uh, you know, he's pretty much on the running around in the high stakes streets and in all the sports, football, basketball, um. Uh, what else? What football, basketball? What else is it? Baseball. baseball. Yeah, baseball. So, um, you know, kind of want to pick his brain and you know give his insights. Like he said, he's probably not doing as much football this now, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, without further ado, um, what's going on, my man? Not much, son. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to talking a little basketball tonight. So uh, it's early, but we're. I'm glad to have, that we were able to get a draft under our belt. I think you got a couple under yours. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to that. Yeah, I've been a degenerate, man. It's, uh, you know, I've been talking to Jenniki and Rocco, um, and those guys are freaking degenerates, and they've been, uh, you know, forcing me into all these drafts. Uh, you know, I, I blame it all on them. I've uh, been trying to get Wong on there, but, you know, the dude's MIA. But actually, we just got into one draft now, now and he and he's in there. So, like, that would be fun. Um, but... You know, this this shows about you, Fish. So, like, I kind of want to get into your history first and foremost. You know, so, like, how did you get into fantasy to begin with? Um, so, I in Milwaukee right from college, and one of my now good friends there, he was in the fantasy band a lot. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, let's do what that's all about. I, I like sports, but I don't really got too much into fantasy. Um, it's a little casual fantasy baseball, but. Uh, in a little casual fantasy football at that point. Not, nothing too major, but yeah, we got into, he got into a fantasy football league. It was on CBS and, uh, it was, you know, fantastic. like, I just loved it. Like, you know, now I'm married and I have three kids. Like, then I was, you know, single and both kids. Yeah, yeah. So it was after work. <laughs> let's get home. Let's get in the chat room, you know, and just, you know, mix it up with a lot of people that were in the draft and, you know, kind of going over, you know, looking at scores and, you know, live scoring and stuff like that. And it was just, it was awesome. It was like my, it was basically my life, like every single night, right? So it was, uh, yeah. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and what, then year, what year was recently, that? Recently, yeah. What year was that? Did you uh, start? Probably like 2008, maybe. Okay. All right. Yeah. 2008, probably. Yeah. So you know, I didn't really get into it too heavy until probably like. 2017 okay. was probably like the first year that I kind of started to get into it a little bit more. I mean, it just goes with, you know, first, first job out of college, you don't, you don't have too much, right, too much right. money to, to work with. So right. couldn't do as many leagues, right. As I wanted to now, you know, I, you know, I've got a little more established in my job and, you know, my day to day life. So it's a little more money to play with. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I, I, mean, I enjoy getting into higher stakes and, you know, competing against the best players that are out there in, in all the formats, NFBC for, for baseball, NFFC for football, and NFBKC for basketball. Yeah. So did you, 
All right. So outside of the the monetary and you know the fiscal responsibility aspect of <laughs> of, of our degenerate uh, <laughs> hobby here, um, did you go straight to the high stakes football, and then you branched out into the the two other sports, or how, like how did that journey happen? Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure which one I went first. I would assume it was football. Okay. But I know it wasn't. I know I got into baseball right away. Okay. I really had no business being in high stakes baseball. <laughs> you know, I was just kind of starting out, but now I was having fun with it and, um, you know, getting absolutely smoked in the first couple of years of doing it. And yeah. yeah I'm turning around in baseball now. Like, I feel like I can, you know, compete with basically anybody in baseball. But, yeah. uh, yeah, basketball is still um, a little behind my, uh, you know, overall knowledge uh, in comparison to baseball. But I'm getting there in basketball. I've had good years. I've had bad years. I'm still trying to kind of feel out my, my process that I really like to do. Okay. Um, like, you know, which which categories are target early, which categories target late, positions, all that stuff. So I'm kind of, you know, still still feeling out my process. Baseball, I already have it down. I kind of know exactly what I, the players would want to target early. Okay, so I want to get into it. Like, so it seems like, you know, football was your first love. That was kind of like your first like specialty. Um, give us uh, some insight into like your process for football. How did you approach like football jazz, like the high stakes streaks and things like that? Yeah, I've mostly played TPR for football, so you know, obviously, I like to target. You know, running backs that are you know, already able to catch passes. I don't want to rely on running backs to, to just score touchdowns, basically, because, you know, they're going to go games here and there without a touchdown. I want to have a little fallback option for them. How are they going to score points, right? Mm-hmm. So if they don't score, they don't hit passes, then you're relying on kind of touchdowns. Now, obviously, like Jonathan Taylor, somebody like that, is going to go high, obviously, for me as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just so elite, but, you know, like somebody like, uh, like, you know, my floor. I think it's going to be like, I think he's like an amazing player. I think obviously as you get a little regression in the touchdowns, but he's going to have a ton of catches. So regardless. So I think you get yeah, a little bit of a higher floor, I guess I would say with that, something like that. Okay. You do your own projections or like, how do you, how do you manage that? No, I don't do my own projections. Oh, okay. Um, one of my favorite sites out there is Roto Wire. Okay. All sports. Okay. Yeah, I uh, use that site a lot for basically yeah, everything. They they have projections, they have you know draft kits and and everything. So I, I really really like RotoWire a lot. Okay, no, that's good stuff. So why, like you mentioned before we got on, that you're not going to be playing too much football? Uh, what happened? Why why are you kind of stepping away from there? Um, I I did. I'll, I've been doing a lot more baseball last year, this year, okay. and that just takes up a ton of time. Yeah. and you need to pay attention. September for baseball, different, right? Different. Where you, you know, you're, you're trying to finish off the season. Now, I don't play head to head leagues either. So, um, you know, it is all roto play and all, all three sports. So, well, obviously not football, I guess, but baseball and, and basketball are definitely all roto. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you need, you need to pay attention full, you know, 100% in, in September for baseball because you got all these call ups and players getting shut down. And, by doing too much football, it kind of just takes away from, you know, trying to get himself a baseball team. So yeah. I'm also trying to get into basketball a little bit more. Um, I feel like I feel like I can have a little bit more of an advantage in basketball. I feel like basketball is very similar to baseball yeah. with the roto 
and the Cowboys. Yeah, no so, doubt, no doubt. All I'm right, trying to stay away from the football a little bit. Okay. Literally, you got to be quiet. I'm on the thing here. Nice, I love it. Smack him down. You got smack. <laughs> I got I got two kids myself. So oh, yeah, so you know. I didn't realize you could hear that. I need the mic, but it must go. No, I love it. I love it. All right. So baseball, like, so you're fully into the baseball streets now. Um, and then you said that you know there's similarities in terms of your process. So, uh, before we get into your hoops process, I want to hear about your baseball process. So like, um, in the off season, you know, for draft prep and things like that. Uh, you know, what are some of the things that, you know, you do or some of the things that you look for, things like that? What was that? I'm sorry. You're, you kind of cut off. Oh, there. sorry about that. All right. So your, your prep for baseball season for offseason, like in the off season, uh, like what's your process? Like, um, you know, you use rotor wire, you're not doing your projections. So, uh, what you don't like, yeah. So let, let, yeah, let me just hear your 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 process, your insight into how you kind of approach and and prepare for drafts. Yeah. So um, last year I had a lot of success with a certain strategy, and that uh, yeah, was with this year. And it was basically in the early rounds. I'm just going to take players that hitter. If I'm taking hitter, is going to be stealing bases. Uh, I'm going to do like take aces early. So I came up with my little strategy called aces and bases. Okay. And that's basically who I'm going to take in the first three rounds. Um, I had been on one player this year. Uh, it was Jordan Alvarez, but I was only taking him. I was able to get Trey Turner. So if I got Trey Turner, I actually had the one pick and took Trey Turner. And Jordan was there at 30, which is mostly what I do. Then I would I would take Paradox uh, too. Okay. It's worked out so far this year. But no doubt. Yeah. So as far as like, you know, Player, like as far as player evaluation, yeah. Obviously, I use like baseball savant is huge. You can look at all the you know, hard hitting metrics and stuff like that. Uh, fan drive, uh, pitchers. I don't want pitchers that walk guys, it's just severely annoying. Yeah, me and Lowe's, you know, that sits here and watches his pitchers all the time. Yeah. So, if I'm watching pitchers and they're walking guys, it just drives me insane because then, then you risk you pitchers that walk guys, you run the risk of pitchers have a bad bad up all of a sudden. And, Giving up, you know, bloops and whatever, and it's just leading to a disaster. So, I'm trying to avoid pitches that walk. So, we obviously we all want strike walk, right? Yeah. So, the K minus walk is huge for me as well. Yeah, K minus walk is a, is a really good one. Do you do you go like filter through uh, depth charts or you go through like, you know, rankings and, and tier, you know, you kind of tier everybody? Or, I mean, it sounds like in the beginning, you kind of want to have a balanced offense, right? You want the high average guys with power. You want the speed. You want that combo, and then you go for the pitching. So, um, yeah, like, so how are, are you tiering guys? Are you going through rankings? You know, how, how how are you approaching all that? We really don't do this. Um, okay. I have, like, there's already certain guys that are going to be born right on the first draft of me. Like, Blind Jr., I had no share. Like, I just had no interest in taking somebody like that. But he's not going to run. Uh, and I understand, like, he's lead four categories, right? He's going to have a huge, you know, power output. He's going to have tons of runs and RBIs. This is all great. Like, from my draft strategy, like, I feel like I can make up for power in the late, in the mid to later rounds. But in the early rounds, we need to lead with good players, essentially. I don't want to be chasing like, the wild draws of the world yeah. down the road and suddenly make 
speed because when when you're doing that, even if he has a great year and makes makes you up makes up the you know to say the speed, he's killing you in the arcade. Yeah. So just when, when players like that, they're just not very good players in general usually. <laughs> right. So they're at a the huge risk of like you know losing playing time. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, do, do you put a yeah? I, sorry. I mean. Sorry, sorry. No, go for it. No, I was gonna say like. That's that's why we like fought off so many players in the early round. All right. Do do you put a premium on like the percentages? You know, batting average, things like that. So, you know, I think that's pretty applicable to hoops, right? So, um, you know, like Jordan, yeah. Jordan and, and Trey, like huge average guys, so that you can kind of buffer, like if you need to fill in later, you know, get some like low average power guys type of stuff. Is that how you approach that? It's a little bit of a back this year and worrying. He told me to really worry about that. Like, I knew that this kind of kind of would fall behind a little bit last year in, in some categories. Okay. So, because I was so worried about the batting average, right. so I didn't worry about it as much this year. Obviously, I'm still, you know, I, like, I, I don't want to call that batting average, right? Like, that's, that's just a good way to draft. But, um, yeah, like somebody like Kyle Tucker. Is like somebody that I view is like more of like a 270, 275 hitter, opposed to like a 300 hitter. But that didn't like last year, I would have shied away from that. But this year, no, I was like totally in a, on a player like that. Not necessarily, I don't really get too much, you know, like playing like that, like like Jose Ramirez, for example. Yeah. Like if I was so cognizant about and so worried about batting average, then the hit you probably wouldn't take. Right. He's had two seasons where he's been like boosting. He was like a huge target for me. Um, I would take him second, but a lot of times I'm So uh, he worked out pretty well so far. Yeah, no doubt. He's been he's been nuts. I mean, it's uh, yeah, (laughs) especially well. Okay, so do you factor in positional, I guess, scarcity? Because you know Jose Ramirez, like third third base in particular, was kind of shallow, right? So. Um, you know, he may have been elevated up a lot of people's boards because of that. Um, do you factor in that in, in, into things or no? Yeah, as well. Those are the main three, and then you know, being one of the people worried about batting average, including myself with uh. Austin Riley, it did get Austin Riley in the sixth round of one of my first oh, drafts, but nice. then you're going fourth round. Yeah, yeah. That's just round first. So that's, I've already established my speed. I've already got my aces. I've probably got a closer in yeah. there. And that's like perfect time to take round four is when I'm still trying to address my aces and my, you know, closer in that, in that range. So I was out in, I was out in play like that in round four, but I was, then in round, round six. So okay. You saw him early and then once he moved up and, you know, goes out. But. Yeah, no, I hear you. So it sounds like you have a pretty defined strategy on what you want to do. You kind of have, uh, you know, a group of guys that you like to target. So do you kind of map out the whole draft and like you have your sleepers and you identify those guys, Um, you know, obviously match it to ADP and things like that. Like you kind of map out everything before. Yeah, in the draft champions league where it's, Hold like the basketball hole, yeah. and yeah, I definitely do with that because you got a little extra to think about it for slow draft. Yeah. Uh, generally, definitely. I mean, you have some quick drafts too, but I do mostly slow drafts for, for baseball because I'm drafting in you know 
November, January. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I got all this in the world. So of course I'm doing slow drive. Um, I love slow drives. Yeah, yeah. I love slow drives. They're so yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now the main event, which um, I did go to Vegas for the main event nice. here. Okay. I'm gonna He's been mapped out, but you might as well just not not really paying any attention to it because guys just go all over the place. There's men all over the board. Different strategies yeah. all over oh, the board, sure. completely different leagues, too, yeah. right? You know, it's a fast, it's a fast yeah, it's a huge where I'm in draft draft holes. So, you know, it's just completely different strategies. And, and guys, anybody you think of them, basically don't plan on getting yeah. them, they have plan B, plan C, plan B, <laughs> plan things are wild, right? Pl- plan tilt. <laughs> I hate the plan tilt, that's the worst exactly. plan, man. Um, all right, no, that's good stuff. Um, all right, I want to transition into hoops here for a little bit. So, um, uh, your process for hoops, like pre-draft, is it is it similar to to baseball? Like you kind of have a strategy, you know, that you kind of want to go into it, and you have you know guys targeted, and you kind of map out everything, or yeah. So how do you how do you do hoops? So. I guess the really thing I like about basketball is it's very similar. Um, so I use a little bit of my baseball with basketball. So like they consider blocks and soul bases to be kind of similar, similar basketball. Okay. Because I, like I said, I don't want to have guys steal bases but hurt me everywhere else. Because the same with blocks, like I want to get blocked with with good good play. Okay. Like you know, I don't want to wait and get blocked from. A guy that's you know, not really doing anything else. So, you know, a little bit of strategy there. And obviously, you know, in NFBKC, all these centers go early and the forwards then out. So, this year I'm being a lot more cognizant about forward position. Okay. I don't want to be left. I mean, last year was insane. I got all these guards and then be so thin forward and I have to sit guards that could be. <laughs> I'm doing well, yeah. and I got to play it, you know, moving forward. And it's like, man, this is like, we got to pay attention. I knew this last year, too, and I'm still like, so I'm really, really, really focusing on forward. You know? So, like, you know, or draft we yeah. did, I had four forwards before I had my fourth guard. Yeah, yeah. No, all right. So, let's, let, let's get into that. So, we did the very first uh, NFBC, BKC draft champions draft. Uh, we were the ADP setters, so that was kind of exciting. Like looking at the draft, like the player pool was kind of nuts, right? It's just like, yo, this like I think Westbrook was twenty five, and like you know, like dudes are just all over the place. So you had the ace slot, I was right behind you at nine, and uh, so that was kind of interesting. So you took Curry uh, at eight. I think that's that's fucking awesome that he fell down that way. So like when you saw him there, so like yeah. So what you're thinking? At eight. Well, I honestly had no clue how this unfolded. I thought maybe I'd be able to get Dread or Giannis right. there. No, no chance. Um, but as it unfolded, I was kind of looking at. I'm on the clock, and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I got Curry, I got Luca or Arden. Yeah. I'm like, I'm fine with any of those guys, right? And you know, it's an NBKC. There's no turnovers, yeah. so that just you know, those guys at the board. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't get any Curry last year. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a shot. I'm going to see if I can have a nice build with Curry. Obviously, you got the elite 
complete three pointers and you know leave free throw percent even though he doesn't take as many as you think he would. But uh, yeah, so I, I just I took Curry. I want to see how a build would work with. Okay, him. nice. So all right, you take Curry. So you kind of know you the three points, points, free throw, right? Percent. So like you know, what I mean, he's basically everything except for blocks, right? So you pick him. So what's kind of your thinking there? Are you kind of just like you mentioned earlier that you kind of prioritize forwards? Uh, and then, you know, you wanted the centers that like you wanted blocks that really, you know, kind of, I mean, when you were talking about early about blocks, you know, it's kind of like thinking, oh, you want the big men that will give you blocks, but won't hurt your free throw percentage. But then when I look at your draft, like you took a lot of, you know, dudes that don't shoot free throws. Well, so did that kind of change because you took Curry and that kind of changed your philosophy because he gives you such a good, you know, starting point or starting base with free throw. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. Let me hear your thoughts how it came around to uh, the round two. Uh, for, well, for round two, yeah, forward. Okay. No, well, I think it's gonna take a little bit. You kind of almost do, you know, add the name from hopefully remain healthy this year. Questionable, obviously, but I mean everything kind of you know fell into place for LeBron, but I LeBron is still going to be elite in points, rebounds, assists. Uh, he was over a steal and over a block a game, I believe, last year, which was pretty surprising. I don't see that happening yeah. again. Maybe the steals, not the right. blocks. See that happen with the blocks. Um, but his field goal percentage was good, too. And I think this year, I'm going to call right now, I think he's such a career high in three-pointers. What's your, what's your oh, thinking there? Think well, yeah, that. what's your thinking there? Um, I just, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's a year older. I think he's going to want less, you know, wear and tear on his body. So I think he's going to settle for shooting threes a little more than, than you know, taking it inside and getting his body okay. up. Okay, I can feel it. Uh, yeah, we'll see about that. All right. Yeah, yeah. But kind of, kind of answer your question about the free throw yeah. percentage. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a weakness on this team. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how the board was going to unfold. I had no idea who's going to be where. And it just, yeah, I mean, not the brutal, obviously, is going to kill your free throw percentage, but it doesn't really take yeah. you would think anything. But I do think that he's going to be an elite rebounder. Field goal percentage is going to be great. He's going to get a few blocks, is what I need. And I think he's going to, you know, he's going to be in double figures in scoring. So I think he's the last of the elite centers, in my opinion. Yeah, there was a there, there was a big drop off. Yeah, there was a big drop off after that. There was like a nice little center run in like round six, round seven there. So you kind of took him there. But after after so you start off Curry James, and in the third you went with Kate Cunningham, which is kind of like he's kind of basically like LeBron James, but at, at the guard position, right? Um, similar strengths, similar weaknesses. Uh, was that by a conscious decision? Like you kind of wanted like the the counting set, the triple double type of counting stats or you know because both you know free throw percentage isn't that great so you think in pairing them with curry that 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 was kind of like the nice mixer or like yeah what was your thing in there yeah it was going to be a massive target for okay this year uh, yeah that, that was a it was it kind of came down to him or the guy oh Seattle. and i really thought <laughs> Perfectly fine with Kate Cunningham. I think Kate Cunningham and Siakam should both be second round picks. I'm going to give it to Siakam, though, because he already had two guards. So, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was happy to get Gage. I think he's going to be an absolute star. If you look at what he did, second half or not second half, but post All Star yeah. break, you know, twenty one points a game, six of this, five and a half rebounds. He's he's a little bit over a steal a game. His free throw percent is good. Uh, you know, he shot a good free throw percent last year, 44, 84 and a half, only two point six attempts. But I think you're going to see his attempts go up. I think he's you know second year. You know, he's going to he won three point nine. Yeah, so, yeah, I think he's going to be a more aggressive. You look, at, you look at the field goal attempts; he's shooting a lot, a lot. Uh, I think we see his field goal percentage come up a little bit just with natural, you know, progression into his second year. So he's definitely uh, a huge target for me. And yeah, as you can see, the fist, like, we wanted to kind of attack this a little bit, a little bit heavier. Mercury, because if you look at my whole roster, I don't have like a an assist player really, okay. yeah. right? You know, Curry's probably like six assists, LeBron's probably seven or so. Kane probably six or seven. So, you know, I don't have that super elite assist guy, so I kind of took the way at it with multiple players. Chris Middleton, you get to like five assists. Julian Randall was like second yeah. or second or fourth among forwards in yeah. assists. So yeah, kind of stepped away at it with my with opposition. Yeah, no, I I like what you did there. Um the two guard thing and you know the forward, the premium on the forward, I, that was obviously a conscious decision on your part, right? So Going into it, you kind of mapped out like, all right, I need to load up on these assists early, right? Because later in the, you know, it's it's harder to find assists later in the draft. So then you're kind of like, all right, just more like kind of the scoring guards down there, um, you know, get your bigs, get your fours, and then you just have that base. Is that is that kind of like how you approach things going into it? Yep, absolutely. Nice. You know, fantasy basketball, you know, I've seen the draft champions league where the draft it holds. First few rounds are so massive. Like you need you need solid, solid base for your okay. players, for your team. And I feel like I got that with those first three picks. Yeah. So let me ask you this. All right. Um do you kind of go with the flow in terms of like what the market gives you? Or you know, obviously you know, you're you're beholden to the first round pick, like where you you know where your the the KDS set you right. So, you know, for, so in this particular draft, you're at eight, and you're like, okay, Curry, Harden, Doncic, right. So, after that first pick, do you kind of map out like what you're gonna do there? You, you know what I'm saying, or do you kind of just kind of let the draft come to you a little bit? I just let the draft come to me in this one because I, like I said, I had no idea where anybody was going to okay. go. Uh, that's why I wanted to get in the first one. I was just waiting <laughs> to see a draft board. Yeah. I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see where Terry's Halliburton went. I wanted to see where Darius Harlan went. I wanted to see where Deontay Murray yeah. went. You know, uh, those, all those guys went in the second, which was I'm like, okay. Not going to get any kills on these yeah, you know, obviously everybody that's in this draft, everybody knows what they're doing, yeah. right? You know, you're not doing fantasy basketball draft in, in <laughs> July for for no reason. So, yeah, yeah, it was a tough room. Everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's good. Yeah, it was a tough room yeah. for sure. And, yeah, it was, it was really fun. Yeah, so for this, it was 100 percent just let's see who's okay. there and we might block. I'll test my team. I'll see how we're we sitting. I'll see what players are like. I was kind of just taking a lot of players that I yeah. like, right? Oh. Um, 
All right, so I wanted to ask you, because you kind of said like you're still kind of learning hoops and you're still kind of developing your style and, and things like that. So when you first started, so I, I guess I, I'm curious to know how you approach things when you first started and then in terms of where you're at now and how that journey has been, like what you've learned uh, and how that process has kind, of, has kind of developed over the years. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think just looking, I think it's really important in fantasy basketball, much like fantasy baseball, uh, to address the ratios. It's just so tough to, to come back on that for like pictures of the ERA yeah. and whip. Um, I want to make sure that I have like a super elite ERA and whip in my first two, you know, pictures. Really good close or at least one. Um, for basketball. It's kind of the same thing, like field goal percentage and free throw percentage. It's tough to get those those two, like in the player elite and a player later in the draft, right? High field goal percentage later in the draft, but it might be a bad free throw percent. You can get a player with a high free throw percent, but it might be a bad field goal percent. So it's important to try to address that early, Um, just to get a solid base in both of those. I mean, it kind of goes back to what I was saying, like the draft is really the ball so important. So you need to like nail these early picks. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. You just need to get you need to get an elite base. And when I was doing early, uh, early in my you know fantasy career or whatever you want to call it, like I you know I, I didn't really know that. You know, you live in yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially yeah, no, yeah, you know, like. You know, when you, you know, when you got skin in the game, right? <laughs> like you learn quick, right? <laughs> when you got skin in the game, it's like, um, it, it definitely, yeah. it's tuition, right? You're always paying tuition, uh, always growing. Um, so, so do you kind of elevate guys that, that have the volume and the percentages because you want to build that, that base or, or no? Like, do you, you know, like, do you move up the, like, for example, Halliburton? Right, like his percentages are are like ridiculous for a guard. Um, like, are you moving it up because of that, or no? I think he's gonna have a massive season. Yeah, this year. I, I, yeah, I think um, so too. Yeah, I, I actually think that uh, he should go in back in the first yeah, round. Yeah, something personally. I, I saw him go like at the right at the turn, twelve, thirteen in a, in a recent draft. So yeah, he's he's pretty much right there. Um, all right, okay. Yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at what he does, like you know, elite assists, the elite steals, like that is a lot of people won't a lot of people don't pay attention to the steals. I okay. feel like he's super elite in steals. He's getting two three two plus threes a game. Kind of good, like he said. The only downfall that he might points just because he doesn't shoot a whole right. lot. But I think you'll start, I think you're gonna see that go up too. I wouldn't be surprised if he's around the 17, 18 points game range. But he loves he does everything across the board, you know. That's that's what I like. That's why I hate Cunningham. That's you know, I like why I like Cook LeBron. That's why I like Lucas so much. It's like those guys that are able to do so much. Yeah. Like, you know, they contribute in so many categories for yeah. you. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. This I mean it's akin to you know, the five to player for baseball, right? Like the Trey Turners, right? Like you, like, like how you were saying, as much as you like Vlad Guerrero, the fact that he doesn't steal bases, like that really puts a dent in his fantasy prospects, right? So like, if you have guys that can contribute uh, across the board, 
um like that's huge so like would you entertain like you know the giannises of the world things like that because of their their percentage you know especially fritos kind of you know you know like it, it's not elite so like yeah how would you approach a guy like that yeah so i mean Giannis has been a fade for me for a few years now but okay. if he's gonna shoot 72 yeah, percent yeah. <laughs> okay now he's gonna be now i'm right, in right. right like but he's also got the ability to shoot like 65 percent. so and that's a huge difference it doesn't sound like much that's you take so many yeah, attempts the volume is you know in the roto game in the roto game especially in an overall competition it is you can't facilitate like category Dusty won percentages right away. I say three percent when he takes Dusty because it's so difficult to, to address it with the volume that you need to improve. It, yeah. Right. So I try to get him a free throw percent, usually around eighty percent. But in the draft, which is, is pretty yeah. high, but you know, you gotta you gotta shoot high, right? You gotta shoot for your goals to be high. And yeah, that's like that's what I see for. And if it's be honest, even if he shoots seventy two percent again, like think about how many guys he needs to shoot. Maybe percent just to make up, especially with his volume. He needs like three guys because you just don't get that many volume free throws. You know, in the mid state and rounds. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that's why I was kind of debating. You know, when I took Doncic because his free throw for some reason isn't that great, right? Like I do think he has the capacity to because you know when back in the day when he was playing in Spain like there were seasons where he was shooting you know mid 80% over 80% so like i think it's in the bag it's within the range of outcomes but he's obviously hasn't done it now you know recently so you know he was he's kind of in the giannis you know uh tier from that perspective as well right cuz the huge volume and you know the percentage isn't that great but um I don't know, man. I heard the, the the song of the sign was was too alluring for me, man. I had to <laughs> I had to get off the boat and you know like grab him because uh, I, I I do yeah I do think that you know at some point I I think he's gonna put it all together at some point you know um all right so Whiteside Drummond down down later um yes yeah, so yeah what what yeah what, what, what what's your what's your thinking there. <laughs> Okay, so I took Whiteside in the 15th, and I'm like, all right, take Walker Kessler in the 16th, yeah. just so I can lock in that Utah yeah. center. And then, you know, he goes to the right. And Curtis, yeah, okay. Curtis to go, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right. He then I came back around, and I'm like, you know, centers are, you know, sending up. And when I only have three, and I'm like, Drummond is. Drummond has always been my guy okay. because he's so good in steals. Right. People don't realize it. Everybody knows he can right, rebound, right. right? But he's so good in steals. I think he was second in the league in steals a couple of years ago. So, uh, you, you know, he's, he's going to be decent in blocks. I think he's going to get a decent amount of minutes. The Bulls have been looking for a center forever. Okay. I think he's going to get some minutes. And if anything happens to Vooch, you know, I think he's, he's, he's a guy. So, I just wanted, uh, I feel like the upside for Drummond and Whiteside is there. Now, obviously, they have some insane downside yeah. as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I wanted the upside for, you know, blocks yeah. and, and rebounds. Who knows? Maybe Whiteside will want to be in the starting center and he'll be the Kessler. Maybe Kessler's not ready yeah. yet. We'll see. No, I hear you. I mean, in the 15th and 16th, I mean, I think the risk-reward is, is pretty favorable there. You know, I, I'm with you. Uh, so you've been playing for a while. 
so like you know most of these guys because it seemed like it seems like the fan oh, okay well like, actually let me let me kind of go into this like for some reason it, it's always been weird to me that you know obviously fantasy football is king everybody loves football right it's just huge popular the you know the prize pools are enormous the contests like whatever so that's king um baseball it's very popular but i think it's you know it requires a certain degenerate right to be able to grind through 162 games right so like but th- but there's yeah but there's a lot of us nerds out there right that are willing to grind so like it's huge fantasy basketball like I, it always trips me out because like basketball is huge it's popular globally right everybody loves like watching it and things like that but the fantasy the community is so small and it's so niche so i mean you've been in these streets for a long time like like what are your thoughts on that I think it's just because, you know, fans football is everybody not about fans football during that during the season and, you know, the first month of football season September. And then, it, you know, basketball kind of kicks in in October. Um, and, you know, that's a long season too, yeah. right? And basketball runs into baseball. So, you know, a lot of the baseball guys, you know, to be good in fantasy baseball, you got, I mean, there's so much attention to detail you need to have for fantasy baseball. There's so many stuff. I mean, it's insane, right? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta know, like, player pool is so much bigger. You start in 23 players, yeah. right? Whereas basketball, you start in 12. Um, you know, football, you know, pretty similar to smaller, smaller player pool. So it's much easier to do football. And then you gotta take a lot of time for baseball. And I think basketball kind of just gets it's lost in the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be a complete degenerate, right? In order, to, you're going to do all three sports level. So, yeah, you know that's exactly. I mean, I mean, you. I mean, I'm talking to the king. You are the king, right? You are the three sports star. Um, and you know the fact that uh, you kind of had to pare down football. You know that pretty much shows like what baseball does. You know, like, uh, you know, like I see a lot of the time, like you know, like that settler, like the stuff like his insights and like his process like what he does and like how deep he digs into stuff it's like whoa like you know he's boom he's like he's in there right he's in the weeds he's on top of everything and like yeah like you said like that's the type of stuff that you need to do on a daily basis and just just know everything about it it's uh it's crazy man it's so okay so the fantasy basketball community is very small um and like you know i've noticed it i've you know been in, i'm in three drafts so far and it's pretty much the same guys right we're just all you know just circle jerking yeah. each other right so it's the same guys you know once one or two guys are different so you know you've been playing for a while so like do you know like most of these guys that you're playing with or that you're drafting with uh i mean i know a lot of the names i don't really know any of them you know in person okay. Uh, you know, on a draft we did, like, obviously I know, like, who Curtis is, I know who Murray is, and, um, you know, I know Rocco and you, and, you know, Genesee, like, we all, like, you guys, this is a fantasy basketball career right here, right? <laughs> like, you know, Turner that was drafted at Team 3, you know, I, we follow each other on Twitter, yeah. so, you know, we've had some interaction. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's pretty much it. I don't think I know anybody okay. else. All right. No, that's pretty cool. But, you know, you're seeing the same same guys in, in every draft. Like, 
So when you see them like that, have you figured out like tendencies and things like that? Like you kind of know, you know, how Curtis is going to draft or how Rocco's going to draft or, or Jenneke or, or Maria, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you kind of have a feel for where they're coming from or not. No, not I don't. No, not, no, not really. Um, I, I don't do as much basketball. In baseball, it's a different story. I kind of know who everybody likes yeah. in baseball because I do 840 stuff leagues this year in baseball. Damn. So. <laughs> the same amount of league. So you're seeing a lot of yeah, people yeah. in these leagues and you know whoever okay. they like. Uh in basketball, you know, I I don't know how many drafts I'm gonna do this year, but it probably won't be more than, you know, three. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really don't know who everybody likes. Okay. Here. No, I got you. Um yeah, no, baseball, like yeah, I mean I, I do baseball too. Like obviously my, my volume isn't as, as as high as you. Uh but yeah, man, you know, like I mean, even little things, even though fab is one day a week, Sunday, like, dude, this, it's nuts, right? Like, <laughs> like you need to, you really need to know everything. And it's just like, oh, man, it, it's freaking crazy, you know? Um, how do you, I guess, how do you juggle it? How do you juggle it all? You know, like, with, especially, you know, you got the kids, you know, you got the work. Um, you know, I mean, like, literally, you know, we, you know, we could, dig into stuff and research and stuff like do all this stuff all day right so um yeah like how mm-hmm. how, how are you kind of like time managing all that stuff you know like because especially 47 leagues like doing the fab on sunday like that's that's got to be you know an immense undertaking right so money and money and stuff so you know 40 of those leagues are back and older ball Right. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Um, so only seven so, family. Okay, so that that makes yeah. it much better. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Much better. Um, yeah, yeah. It takes a while. Uh, you know, depends on how much money you have in the leagues, right? Like I, I'm down to very little money in a couple of leagues. I'm actually out of money in one league. I'm already out of that chance of winning that league anyway. So uh, it's one less league I have to worry about. But um, yeah, my job is. Liquor tells me so. I'm kind of down my own in order to be anywhere at a certain time. So, Monday mornings is actually, you know, I got I have a little extra time to line up and stuff okay. like that. They generally have my line up Sunday night runs, and I'll, I'll set my new pad league line up. So, and I'll set, you know, a couple of my smaller, you know, DCs like I did four of them in the DC 50s. I'll set those, I'll set my smart leagues, and then I'll set the rest Monday morning. Um, and then as, you know, news comes in and players out or whatever, you obviously got to go back and adjust. And that's the thing. Like, yeah. once, once the game's actually started, all right, yeah, I can't do yeah, anything yeah. else now. So. I got you. And then what, like, daily, yeah. you just kind of wrote a wire, just kind of just checking up their blurbs and, and just, you know, keeping track and keeping updated on everything. Um, what about, like, pro- pro- yeah. prospects and, and, and things and depth chart changes? Is that all through wire as well? Oh. Okay. I'm not a big prospect okay. guy. Most of them just lost anyway, so they like get hyped up and drop it too early. Yeah. So, I mess out on one or two of them. I mess out. <laughs> you know, it's not the end of the world. I just, that doesn't mean I'm not taking any prospects, yeah. right? Like, I was all over Bobby Witt like, because he steals bases, yeah. you know? That's uh, where he was going. I think I got him in the fifth round in my mid-two-main events. So I got him in the fifth round in my second main nice. event. Power speed combo, yeah. and yeah, you know he's guaranteed. I mean, obviously guaranteed to play for Kansas City. So yeah, I was I was uh, I was on him, but most of all the prospects I was kind of off. 
No, I hear you. All right. Well, well, I got a bunch of questions in my head right now, so I'm going to kind of, you know, I'll, I'll get to them. But the most important question that I have is, all right, you're a liquor salesman, but do you adhere to Biggie's 10 crack commandments of the most important one is don't get high if you don't supply? So that's the most important question. <laughs> I definitely drink. I definitely drink. <laughs> Listen, I'm from Wisconsin, man. That's what we do here. Right? <laughs> is it? Uh, it was it mostly beer, 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 or uh, is it beer or hard? The hard stuff. It's beer, right? No liquor. Anything. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I beer. I don't sell beer. But you sell the hard stuff, but you drink beer. So, so Biggie would be proud of you. Uh, no, I don't. I don't drink. I don't drink that much beer. Actually. Okay. So, what are you drinking then? Uh, well, one of the products we sell is High Noon. I'm a vodka drinker. Okay. So, um, yeah, High Noon is is a vodka based seltzer essentially. Vodka soda with real fruit okay. juice, and um, put right in that I would like it. Once I heard we were going to be kicking yeah. it off, so uh, yeah, and I love it. And it's, it's, it's essentially basically what I drink. I'll take some uh, some like Irish creams and in Tennessee Tennessee whiskey, like Irish cream mixes and uh, in the in the winter here, but uh, uh mostly mostly lemonades <laughs> and nice, nice. I love it. I love it. All right, you said you're not a big prospect guy, baseball. Um, and I get it because baseball, man, baseball's tough for prospect, right? Because baseball is such a hard fucking sport that like either like the range, it's there's so much variance, right? The range of outcomes, like a dude could be like he's the next trout. And then, right, he gets up to the show and then one little thing, like he can't do it. And then he's toast, right? So, so I get it from that perspective. I think hoops is a little different though, right? Because I think it's, the skills are a little more trans, you know, transferable. Um, so like Jenna Key, he's more of like a pedophile. Like he's going to go for the young guys that, that have the upside. Like that's his philosophy. Whereas, you know, when I talk to Rocco, he kind of wants more of like the established veterans, you know, that are kind of older and that, that provide more of a floor because he knows what, like, you know, what he's going to get from them. So how do you approach those two young versus old, I guess, floor versus ceiling uh, type of stuff when you have to make a decision on a player? Well, it kind of depends on where, you know, where we're on the draft in terms of floor and ceiling. Okay. Um, early, obviously you want, you want, I mean, early on, Tough myth, right? Like these guys are all elite, so we're just kind of looking at what you know what they can do. Um, but it's mostly certain if you look at it in the in early reviews. I'll take some shots a little bit later on if if this is right. Okay. Like I mean, Chet Holm, Holmgren, I would have been on. The only thing I worry about with Chet Holmgren, but you know, the tanking for OKC at the end. But in a roto league, that doesn't matter as right. Much. That does in a head-to-head league when you're, you know, in the, in the fantasy playoffs head-to-head, like you might be without him because they shut down. So in Roto, I'm willing to take a little bit more of a shot and to really cut okay. home him, um, you know, because obviously he should get on the block, right? And he should get as much as much run as he can handle. You'd think. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fun to draft, you know, season veterans a little bit more. What about how do you how do you approach like injuries, or or injury quote unquote injury prone players? 
Um, yeah, this is a this is a huge thing that I I uh, pay attention to in baseball. Yeah. for some reason as much in baseball. Okay. Um, obviously, like somebody like Kawhi Leonard, he's he's going to be going to the third round. He's going to be completely off my okay. board. Um, and just have absolutely no interest okay. in him anywhere in the first. Yeah, no, I hear you. Probably going to stand anywhere in the first like four or five rounds. I mean, he's going to sit out every single back to back. So he's already going to be scheduled to miss. Right. You know, what, you know, the games or whatever, however many back to backs they have. You just don't want to miss with that in the Roto League. Now, if you're especially with like weekly lineups, now, if you're in a head to head or, in, you know, not necessarily head to head, but if you're in a daily moves league, I'd be much more willing to take that because you can pull them out and put somebody else okay. in. Um, but not an NFBKC. I, I just have no interest in guaranteed. Yeah, no, I, I, oh, I hear you. What about, um, all right, what about a guy that's kind of injury prone, but like doesn't have the risk of like, you know, because you know Kawhi sitting back to backs, like that's kind of inherently into the, into the, you know, the, the program. But uh, say like a guy like, um, like Porzingis. Right, like, he, like they get, he's gonna play when he's healthy, right? But he's just, right? He's just never healthy, right? So, um, like, yeah, how would you, how would you approach a guy like that? I think they're taking a little bit more of a shot on him. Just okay. um, because I think he's gonna probably settle in. I guess in the fifth round. I know you wanted four or five during yeah. ours. My guess is he'll settle in the fifth round, but I really don't know. I guess you know where he went in the other two drafts. Um, let me, let me see. Uh, look, the third one hasn't started yet. Let me see where he is on the same one. I, I think you're right. I think he is in the fifth. Um, but let me see. I mean, it's not, like, he's, we obviously know his upside, right? Like, he's going to be he's really good if, he, if he's got the upside. But it couldn't take, like, I took Jared Allen in our I, draft. I, I love him. Like, there's yeah. no way I would. Yeah. There's no way I would take Porzingis before Jared Allen. Like, Jared Allen does everything I yeah. want. Yeah, right. no, I love oh. him. Yeah, he's dope. All right, here's the board. All right, let me find him here. Yeah, so yeah, he went in the fifth. So he basically went, uh, looks like three picks after where he went in, in our draft. So that's probably like the range there. End of the fourth, beginning of the fifth. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, I you know, per game, I mean, he's a beast, right? He's top 20 per game. It's just, it's the per game part. It's the games part. <laughs> That's the issue. I'm curious to see how, there's another thing that makes me a little bit nervous about Brzezinkas. I mean, you know, Luma Bradley Beals, we know his usage, much he should. Yeah. So, you know, Brzezinkas' usage is not a little bit. Um, I'm curious to see how they work together. That's something I'm going to be keeping an eye on in like preseason just to see, you know, See how they're playing together. Is Porzingis taking a clear back seat, or is he, you know, are they going with like a two hundred monster where they're both going to get their shots up? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just something we're going to wait and see. Um, I would not take it in the first four rounds, but I would probably consider it in the fifth round, depending on who I already have and what stats I need. How, how do you look upon Beal then this year? Well, I'm out. Wait, it's way too early. Yeah, for me. say in the third um, round. If he's there in the third round, I would not take him before. I would take Kay in before I'm going to tell you that. Okay. And, and that might not be a popular opinion, yeah. but what I saw from Beal last year was. <laughs> really, 
and he's gotten paid now, so I mean, <laughs> the team would not be good again. I just, I don't know, man. I mean, so I just don't like what I saw last year. You know, he shot 45%. He only played 40 games because obviously his injury. But his points per game went from 31 to 23. His steals dipped below one for the first time in his career, so first time since his rookie year. You know, 1.63s, that just doesn't do it for me. 83% free throw is good, but that's down from 88.9 because the year yeah. before, you know, his free throw attempts went down to 7.75.1. I think, he, I don't know, I think he might just be on, like, I think this is a terrible season, but, you know, what are you going to okay. do? Right? I think they have to keep somebody and keep one of their stars. No, I, so, I, I get know. it. Yeah. He's going to be somebody that I'm not going to drive. Okay. I get, I get the perspective. Um, yeah, I could definitely see him. You know, uh, trending in the wrong direction. He kind of, you know, peaked a few years ago. Maybe it's all down here from here. I don't know. I mean, at the same time, you know, I, I've taken him in the third round because I don't know. Maybe, you know, like you said, maybe it's a motivation issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, that in and of itself is maybe, you know, it could be a red flag. <laughs> but, you know, when he's on, I mean, man, like he's, he's pretty freaking good, you know, in the third round. So yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, it's a really tough one. I guess there is, there is a lot of risk there for sure. I mean, what which deal are we gonna yeah. get? You know, like in the you know, the last season he shot forty five percent. The year before it forty eight point five, but the year before that was also forty five point five. So that was a pretty big difference, right? I mean, like three years ago he was at three threes a game. Last year at one point six. Like, can he get back there? Sure. You know, maybe he's fully healthy. Yeah, it could be. You would think, and. No, he's 28 years old, yeah. so he could probably bounce back. I just don't know if I'm willing to pay the price to find out. I think I'll let somebody else find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I guess part of the thesis for me is maybe because, you know, the whole contracting and, like, he's just kind of loafing and he's just like, whatever. Like, both, both him and the team, they had no motivation to play him. So he's just like, all right, whatever, right? But maybe now that he got the bag and, you know, the team is – you know, could be better, right? They have some new acquisitions, so maybe that kind of sparks a light of fire. No, you're not buying it. <laughs> no. Yeah, we'll see. Right? We'll see. That's, that's a new <laughs> No, I hear you. All right, so Rocco, you know, when I was potting with him, he was basically like from rounds, like I think it was like nine, nine or ten to like fifteen. Like that's like his his zone where he really focuses on and feels like he has an advantage. Um, how do you view those, those rounds there? Like, are you taking more upside or, you know, because I, it seems like he's, he's going for guys that, you know, minutes are gold that's playing and he could just plug and play type of things. You know, I, I know some guys, you know, they like to just shoot for the upside, you know, for the lotto tickets. Um, yeah. So, you know, how are you approaching like the rounds 10 through 15, 9 to 15 area? But, you know, I took Andrew Wiggins. He just like that he, he could play a lot, yeah. right? He, he just, you know, you see a steal. He skips in his block. He, you know, he skips in his threes. He's pretty good at points. I think, I feel like he's, you know, it's a forward position too. I feel like he just kind of rounds round out my, my set of forwards there nicely. Uh, my next picks were Josh Hurt and Kevin Porter. I'm a little bit nervous about those and Kevin Ritter actually, those are all pretty big question marks. Especially with Josh Hart, he got 
Dane coming obviously his usage guy. I'm hoping for it stays in the 35, but like he will get a lot of a lot of run, a lot of looks. Seven quarter, that's complete upside. Yeah. Like pick okay. for me. It's been it really wasn't a lot that I liked on the board at that point. Uh so I'm trying to take a shot with with him. Kevin Herter, I'm hoping he starts with Sacramento. As you can see, I'm trying to load up on P3s yeah. a little bit. I'm just trying to take over in those categories. Build my guard yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I saw that. I'm hoping yeah, I'm hoping someone like, you know, Jordan Herter can uh, take, you know, I'm gonna revive his career a little bit. And he kind of just got lost in his pull in Atlanta. There's so many Ray on and all the all the other players and they're just He's lucky to see if he could get with that. Now that that's right. Yeah, no. No, I hear. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd like to take shots with upside. That, that's the kind of area where you can, as long as you build a solid mm-hmm. base, that's the area where you can take some shots with upside. Is that how you approach it in baseball, too? Later? Like you're taking like the, the young upside, you know, bats and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I mean, it kind of depends on how my roster builds okay. went, but with my strategy, that's generally where I'm trying to hammer my power hitters. Maybe I grab my third and fourth starters in that range, maybe a second closer. Um, if we're, but by that point in the baseball draft, I should have speed okay. covered. I should have a couple aces already covered. I have one closer covered. I'm doing drafting the way I'd like to draft. I should all kind of be covered at that point. Um, where I've usually fallen behind a little bit, it's a little bit power category, because then, you know, I paint something like Vlad. Yeah. So, in those rounds, that's where I make up them. You know, that's where a lot of, in, in this past year, that's where a lot of those first basemen are going, CJ Crone, you know, Bell, like guys like that, that's where a lot of those yeah. guys are going. So, and those guys are target for me. You know, I was trying to make up that. Okay. Do you, power. do you look at, all right, before drafts, um, like the depth of the position, and then um, does that have, like how much of a weight do you put on that? You know, the shallowness or depth of a position on it. A lot in basketball. Like I kind of already mentioned, like those forwards and centers, to me, they just dry up. Um, you know, the guaranteed playing time, and I'm fortunate to get my guy, Jacob Pirtle. Kind of already mentioned, really like. Mitchell Robinson, Singoon, Mobamba, Zubac all went, you know, four of them, six, six, four before I was able to get my guy Fertile. And after Fertile, I didn't really like a whole lot, you know. Otherwise, you're kind of looking at Isaiah Jackson, who I like, but I think he's just a little bit more question mark because, you know, like they uh, trade, uh, you know, Turner, like, well, no, really. I don't, I don't know how the playing time is going to think out there. Yeah, there's uncertainty for sure. Well, I think we get to be like fertile, but, but yeah, like the centers, I mean, the centers dry up and the forwards is, the forwards can be a nightmare. If you go super guard heavy early, forwards can be such a nightmare. That's why I took Julius Randle in the six, even though I'm not a huge yeah. fan of him. Like, of his, of his, of his game, like, that's why I took him there. I just wanted to, to keep dressing forward a little bit. I hear you. So that means that, you must really love Turner's team, Team Three, and B. Butler, Turner, Mobley, Barnes, Nurkic, Draymond Green, Hayward, and then he went eleven straight cards. <laughs> no, maybe maybe my guy Turner's listening, but uh, it's, 
a little bit too much overkill, yeah. I feel like. Uh, the guards are just a little bit um, very injury-prone. We don't know what to expect from them. I get why he made those picks, yeah. though. No, I, I, I get what he did, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, you know, I, looking at it, like, I would have taken, like, with D'Angelo Russell over to Houston Nurkic. Okay. Just to get that one sure guard in there. And then uh, I would have taken Tyrese over Draymond Green for sure. You know, then you've got two solid guards with all those you know, all the big men. I mean, he's going to win. That is great. He should. Yeah. Turner, he, he should. Mobley. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I just don't think there was any need for Nurkic. I mean, you already had Embiid, Turner, right. and Mobley. Like you're that block. You don't need any right. block, really. And you feel like you got to feel like rebounds are pretty solid there too. So, yeah, definitely. I don't think it's a little bit overkill, but. You know, yeah. we'll see. We'll see how things work. Yeah, exactly, know. exactly. I mean, yeah, you never know. Um, I respect the strategy. You know, like I, I get what he was doing. It's uh, it wasn't sneaky at all. You know, it's just boom. <laughs> you know, he he just went for it. Um, so I told Jenicky that, you know, I was gonna pile with you, and uh, you know, he and Rocco kind of have like a little, a little like mini rivalry, especially because I think they, you know, they draft all the time. They know each other, but then also I think their philosophies are a little different. And uh, so I said, uh, we had to make sure that we talk some shit about Jenicky. So let's go through his team here. Uh, let's see if we can, uh, you know, bust on him a little bit here. Um, you know, I mean, I think his team's pretty solid. <laughs> so I, it's going to be a little difficult, you know, talking shit. So maybe we just, just talk shit about him, like, personally. Like, <laughs> um, no, I mean... I, I, He's not, I really like I his do, team. Do, yeah. I'm not a huge John Morant mm-hmm. fan, fantasy-wise. Uh, like it made total sense with with Dragon Booker because he needed assists, yeah. right? So it made total sense. Um, I can't remember. You know, everybody loves Robert Williams. I'm not a huge fan. I get why people like it, though. I mean, you're gonna get what's, what's your what's your issue with him? In, injury he, he just, or what? He just doesn't. I mean, he doesn't right. score. You're not gonna get me like. You're obviously not gonna get any of this. What's his free throw percentage? Like? Actually, I, mean, I mean, obviously he's not gonna go to the line that much. It was decent. It was like a little. It was seventy. You know, seventy over seventy percent. So yeah, he's actually free throws that was decent. But you're right. Blocks, blocks and rebounds. Seventy two last year, but can he shoot seventy two again? Because the three previous years 60. were sixty, sixty four, and right. sixty one. Right. You know, obviously he's not he's not shooting. I'm just. It only goes back to my thinking, like, I want to get my block, but I want to get it with a player that does other things. So that's why I like yeah. Jared Allen, because Jared Allen's going to score yeah. a lot, and he's going to really, really help your field goal percent, which obviously Robert Williams does too, but he doesn't yeah. shoot the volume. You know, he never just got the game last yeah. year, so he never gets volume wow. to get there. You're going to have a lot of single-digit scoring games out of out of uh, Robert Williams. And then he's still got, I think he's I mean, he's got this knee issue, and, well, maybe he's not injury-prone, but, I mean, if you look at it, 32 games in rookie year, 29 in the second year, 52, and then 61 last year. Remember, he missed his game in the playoffs. You know the level of, of games missed that I just, it's just not somebody that I'm comfortable taking. Uh, there's a lot of risk, uh, for sure. But I, get, but I do get, I get what people yeah. are like. 
I gotta say, you really did fucking tilt me uh, round four when you took Jared Allen because I want I had him all keto. I wanted him. That was like my guy because I had the exact same thinking as you, right? Like I, he shoots good free throws. He's with blocks. Like he'll score. Like rebounds. And you took him, but I guess you know it's fair play because you know I guess I. I put you on tilt with Siakam the round earlier, so what <laughs> goes around goes around. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree now. <laughs> I gotta ask you why? Why Nazmin Bay? I was that was like the most shocked I was anything. Why? Why not DeAndre Ayton right there? I'm not. I'm not a huge Ayton guy, um, and for me, I felt like it was either like. Kind of Allen was like the last guy in that tier before there was a drop off. And so I felt like, like Aiden's better than Zubak, but I felt like for, for what I wanted, I didn't think the spread was, uh, as much as say what I could get from Desmond Bain. Right. And so I just felt like going Bain there, especially with, you know, the percentages and, you know, the, the scoring, um, because I know, I wanted to kind of go like either McCall or Herb Jones, you know, in the next couple rounds, like get some like defensive stats. So I knew, I knew there was a chance that I may fall behind in scoring a little bit. So yeah, that's, that, that's why I felt like, yeah, I mean, Allen was the guy. Yeah. He was my guy. Like, yeah. Uh, he was the last one in that tier for my tier. So, uh, I just felt like, yeah, I, I, you know, waiting to Zubak, um, like that in that area, I think that would have probably been more beneficial. I don't know. You you have different thoughts on that? You think Aiden was the way to go there? We do, but I, I also, I mean, if you look at DeAndre Aiden, his last three years, 1.5 blocks to 1.2 blocks, the last year, 0.7 that, blocks, exactly. like that is yeah. that's not right. good at all. Right. Not good. But I think he bounces. Like, I guess that, it, you know, but has it or do something. I think he bounces back to roughly like over okay. one day. I can which see is, yeah, which yeah, is good. I can see that. Um, yeah, just like you know, points, rebounds, obviously, it's good. It's gonna be good. He shoots good free throws, you know, 74, 75, 76, 74 through his career, so you know, even mid 70s. And I think now he's got his contract, I think he can just settle in and play now. This is kind of my, yeah, no, my no, I, I hear you, I hear you, and, and especially because, um, later in the draft. I missed out on a lot of my centers. I, I did get my guy Zubac, but, you know, there were guys, you know, like Portis I was looking at and, you know, Covington, you know, like um, yeah, Sangoon went before. And it, near the end, I started having to, I didn't panic, but I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, it's uh, the, the well is dry here, you know. So, I, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, you know, because I had to go with Damian Jones, Dwight Powell later. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, that might have been the better move because then I wouldn't have felt as, uh kind of desperate uh, later. And then actually that experience helped me out in my, my next, you know, DC because I kind of put a premium on, yeah, you know, locking up centers earlier. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Looking back on it. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. Aiden probably was way. Yeah. I, just, I thought you were sitting really well in threes, you know, Luca, Halliburton, and Giacomo. I thought you were sitting really well in threes. I yeah. just didn't, and you already had two guards. I was, I was just, Surprised to see you take Bane with with eight nine. Yeah, board, true. You're not eight and you're not eight and fan. Yeah, totally yeah. Get it. No, no, it's a good point. It's a good point. You know, you know. I think one thing that that may have influenced me too was um, a lot of times in my drafts in the past, like I mean, I kind of fall behind in points, 
right? Because I start focusing on, you know, like defense mm-hmm. order, blood, the defensive stats, especially. And then I always found myself, you know, front and behind. And, you know, I realized like, like, you know, percentages and points in particular, uh, you really have to, you have to build a good base in the first, you know, three rounds. And, and it kind of goes to your point with Robert Williams, right? Like, so I get it. Yeah, he's not, you know, he's averaging what, eight points, nine points per game, right? So, like, you're falling way behind there. Uh, and is that, you know, the, is that trade-off worth it for the blocks that he gives you? And, then, you know, you're falling behind dimes as well. So, um, yeah, that, that that's one thing that I learned. Um, so maybe that that may have, the pendulum may have swung too much, you know, in, in terms of my experience for this one. But I, I did definitely course correct because I, I felt like, yeah, my centers, my centers were really weak. I had to reach for a Congo. Um so yeah, I did course correct in the next draft um, and put a you know higher premium yeah. uh, centers for sure. That's the Yeah, we should. Well, I mean, I was thinking. I thought Kessler was gonna last much longer, so like he was my target too. But freaking Curtis, I mean, like he's too sharp, you know. <laughs> you know, like I mean, he's yeah. You know, going back to Nancy Spencer Williams, like I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not a huge fan of him, but with his build, it makes, makes again, it makes total sense. You got elite scorers in right. Durant, Devin Booker, and John. Yeah. So you didn't really need scoring yeah. there. That's true. But, That's you true. Know, like you said, like like the points, a lot of people don't realize the points tie up as well as you can forge, you know, the middle of the draft, right? You have to get an elite score in round, you know. So, you better have your points wrapped yeah. up already. You know, you're a high usage player. So that's why, I mean, that's just why I lean towards Jared Allen and DeAndre Aiden over somebody like Robert Williams. Yes, you're not going to get some good blocks, but you're going to get you so get many more points. Right. The elite field goal percentage from Jared Allen and Aiden more meaningful because of the volume of field goal attempts they take compared to Robert Williams. So, but, I mean, that's just kind of my thought process. Yeah, here. no, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, that's really good insight. It makes a lot of sense. So in the beginning, like you basically put a premium on percentages and points, right? And you, you kind of feel like, yeah, assist. and assist, assist too. too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, assist dry up. Yeah. yeah assist yeah. dry up. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised Monty Morris lasted this long in the 10th round. I mean, I, I mean, granted, I guess he doesn't score a lot, but I mean, I mean, he gives you, he's going to give you what four or five times, right? I don't know. It seemed, it seemed pretty nice in, in that yeah, area, you know? Yeah. Um, what stats do you think mm-hmm. are the easiest to find later in the draft? Threes. Yeah, yeah, right? Threes. Not even a question. Yeah, threes, absolutely. Um, that's why I attacked, you know, Gary Trent. Yeah. Um, like I already said, Kevin Porter, Kevin Herder. I yeah, think those guys. 48. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 48. Yeah. 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 Uh, and like I kind of mentioned earlier as well, like steals is like, you know, you got it's a tough category because you just don't know. It, there's a big between one and, you know, 1.2. I mean, there's between 0.8 and one. You know, it's, it's a big, it doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, at the, grand, at the end of the day, in the road elite, it's fairly big yeah. difference. So steals is something, that's why like Gary Trent was like a, Oh, they're the ninth four or in the eighth for me. Threes and, and Three. he, he had a lot of steals last year. So hopefully, hopefully that's that true. Continue. We'll see. Yeah, that, no, that's true. Three and D. Yeah, oh, three, three and D. D. You're right. The three and D, you can find those much later. 
Um, that's true. So, all right. So yeah. So I mean, you would kind of downgrade those guys because you could find them later, and then you just elevate the guys. So okay. So how far, how high do you elevate uh, dimes? Because what oh. they usually have to run like in the maybe third or fourth round, right? Yeah, third, and then the bigs. There's a huge center run, fifth to sixth round around that range. So, um, yeah. So like you know. I think what you need to do is you need to map out where you want to get your centers, and then you can build off and build off. Yeah, you know, they kind of work like parts. Now, if I get like half in the first round or something, I got to really, really focus it on fields and a couple rounds, or I'm sorry, on assists and a couple rounds. You know, because you're not going to get many. You know, when I so I guess it all depends. A lot depends on that first right. pick, man. I mean, if you take if you take half, then you can kind of ease off centers a little bit. Now you're chasing the the assist, yeah. you know, Darius Garland, you know, Halliburton if he's still there in the second, Cunningham. Yeah. If you take if you take a guard with assist, then you gotta worry about like where are you gonna get your centers and which centers right. you like. You know, maybe we don't like Anthony Davis because you're worried about him being injury prone. So you know, again, who is it gonna be? Is it gonna be Boots? I mean he doesn't get a lot of blocks for you. So is it gonna be, you know, Gobert? Miles Turner, it all kind of depends on who you like, yeah. right? So, I think I think I know how you're going to answer this question, but I want to ask it ask it anyways. Um, do you believe in accentuating strengths or uh, making the puzzle fit? So, for example, uh, I guess you know the best example would be like, all right, so say you take Steph Curry, right, and so you have elite free throw. Um, and then because you have the elite free throw, you feel like you can balance it out and then, you know, you'll take Gobert because the, the package together equals one awesome piece, right? Or are you the philosophy of, I'm taking Curry. I want to accentuate, you know, that free throw, whatever, whatever his strengths are. So I want to kind of double up, triple up on that. So yeah, I mean, I, I think you're more the puzzle guy, but you know, I like, I'm kind of curious to see, yeah, like how, how you usually approach it. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not oh, a puzzle okay. guy, um, but I'm a little bit. I mean, I understand what Rudy Gobert does, and I understand he's elite in blocks, he's elite in field goals, and he's elite in rebounds. But just the amount of talent that you that you're taking him over in round three is just. I don't know. I can. I just could never do it. I understand. Like it made sense for Rock. Do that, you know. He's got Trey Young, Darius Garland, and he got the gift of the draft. Chris Paul in the middle yeah, of the floor. Yeah, he was happy with that. <laughs> so it yeah, made sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it made it made total okay. sense for you know Gobert to, and you know, and Gobert there. It makes it makes sense. And I like what he did with his forwards. He really he he hammered those forwards what he needed yeah. to do. He absolutely needed yeah. to do that. Um, so I mean, I, it's all it all depends on your build. You know, if you already have Pat, there's absolutely no reason to take Gobert. If you have Embiid, there's no reason to take Gobert in the third. So, it's like a like a playing catch-up. You know, you're trying to play catch-up in round three already, where there's so many elite. Like, I just like to have nice balance across the board, you know, through the first five rounds or so. You know, you know the, the sense that I get from you is, uh, you know, because you're so experienced and you've been in so many drafts that – uh, you know, I've noticed, especially with, you know, most of the top players, like 
the ability to read the room and not just like other players, but in terms of the ebbs and flows uh, of your own particular team. And like, I mean, it, it took me a while. Like when I first started drafting, I was like, I had to, because I really had no conception and include stuff. So I tried to have everything, you know, spreadsheet and whatever the, you know, just have everything in the numbers. And that kind of gave me a guide, but the more that I've drafted, you know, I begin to see like you can kind of get a sense, an intuitive sense, like oh shit, I'm light here. I need to, right? I need to kind of reconfigure the puzzle, and I need to hammer this stat, or I need to go here in this direction. Um, and so, like, I get that sense just hearing from you, just talking to you, like that you're very good with kind of you know the Bruce Lee flowing with water, knowing where you are, you know, intuitively, and then kind of just reconfiguring things. Like, how long do you think it took you to get to that point where, you know, like you kind of just, just knew and you had to go, it just kind of led you in a certain direction? Like, you let them learn. So, the first couple of years, even in baseball, as well, it's kind of the same thing. Again, baseball, basketball, you know, categories, and they're all, I, all I do is really play the overall competitions. You're not competing against this really you're competing against you know all yeah. of the leagues. So you want to be good, you want to have balance across every single category. From baseball, you know, 80 80th percentile compared to last year's numbers in each category. That's what you're targeting, right? And so you want to be good everywhere. Because if you take a category, and the large portion of your money goes towards yeah. the overall. So you know, you gotta know yeah. your format. Everything's different. Police league is completely different than a yeah. roto league. Any rankings you see doesn't dress the point for a roto. You might even think it can be together, right? And that just doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, it, you live and learn the first couple of years where we're off in all of these sports. You know, you go from playing, I'll basically only play it head home and, you know, you know, when you go to roto, and overall competition, you realize you need to be good in every in all of the all of the categories. When you were t- when you were taking the pain in the beginning, um, what kind of helped you to, you know, to kind of get over the hump? I'm just looking back at the draft and seeing where I'm just re- reviewing. Be, you know, where, where, Okay. Yeah, look at the draft and then look at the final standing. Like, where was I sure? Who should I have taken? Okay. Um, you know, things like break- that. You know, if I if I finish towards the bottom and field goal percent and free throw percent, I look at my draft. I'm like, okay, where where did it go wrong? Okay. Right. So you kind of dissect your draft, looking back on it. And, you know, and you make some mistakes and you you know make your adjustments for the yeah, next. I hear you. Do you you ever break down you know the the top guys like what they did and what you know what they do? To look at all the all the whoever won the league, you know, I look at what they did. You know, compared to me, like where did I go okay. wrong? Like how did they beat me? Like how did they get more threes right. than me? Right. Even though I addressed it earlier, like how how did they get more threes than me? Like how do I like, who did they take later? Like did they hammer it later? Or was it just like one one guy, you know, went off or whatever. You look at you look at your team, you look at whoever won the league, you look at Teams that I won the league, I'm like, okay, what did I do right here? What did I do wrong? How could I have been better? Never won an overall yet. I finished second in the main event a couple of years ago, but never won. So 
Yo, second is yeah, second is amazing. Every year, second is amazing. <laughs> is that uh that's for baseball? Yeah. Second in baseball? No, that was that for was hoops? basketball. Oh maybe, shit, man! Yeah. yeah, that that's like that's really good. Or the season that got cut short. Ah, yeah. Ah, well, yeah, it was uh, I was I was stuck between a rock and hard place, man. It was uh, I was in first in that yeah. league. Or on right on my heels, and he was gaining on me. But same time, Curtis was in first overall uh, from a different team or from a different yeah. league. I was the second overall, and I was gaining in him. And then the season shut down. I'm like, oh, what do I want here? Because if it doesn't, you know, right. return, I win my main yeah. league. So I'm like, like, really want to win the overall, but I might, if you know, the season comes about, I might <laughs> lose my league. Also, oh, like, you know. Uh, it, was just, it was a weird, weird situation, man. You know, everybody's in lockdown, and I'm like, I have no idea what to with this league. We had a good team. I had a really good team, obviously. Yeah. You know? I'm not bad, but dude, that's fucking amazing, man. Yeah, take a second in the main event. It no, was that's, awesome. that's great. You, you know, uh, I mean, I've I've already said this, you know, a couple times in, in previous pods, but I mean, I went, in, I, I did a main event team last year. I popped my cherry last year, and. um <laughs> I fucking drafted Anthony Davis, Paul George, and Rashad Holmes. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's the like cue up the closed laptop meme and, and throw it out the window. Yeah, it was fucking painful. It, it was really painful. But, you know, like you said, um, I learned a lot. You know, I learned, I definitely learned a lot from that experience. You know, went back and, you know, exactly what you're saying, just kind of figuring out where I made the mistakes, what, you know, my mentality was and, you know, how I could do better. So, um, but yeah, man, I, I didn't realize you 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 took second, man. That's that's amazing. That's fucking amazing. <laughs> Salute. It was it was uh it was a great experience, and it was also nerve wracking. Every single night, I'm sitting there just watching the live scoring, and I'm you know, sure, like come on, I'm sure. Do you, do you remember? Okay, so do you remember your team, and do you remember like how you you know how you approach that draft? Yeah. The men pick on okay. Luca. I think I had picked nine or ten, nine oh. think, maybe. I set the set the men pick on Luca okay. that year. I thought he was going to go off, and obviously he did. That's like when he first took his, his jump. And then it was like an hour before the draft, and I was looking at things. I can't remember who I was like targeting, but then an hour before the draft, I'm like, I need to take Andre Drummond. So I looked into him like hardcore, and I'm like, I understand that's a, that's a huge detriment from a free throw percentage, but I need, like I said before, he does so well in yeah. steals. And I'm like, I'm going to take Drummond here. I'm going to lock in tons of rebounds, uh, field goal percentage. I'm going to lock in a ton of steals, and then I'm going to address free throw percentage in the third round. And I did, and I got uh, Donovan Mitchell in the third. Okay. Yeah, he I mean, he obviously held them three four percent, and I guess I mean three percent was still a weak spot in my team, but it wasn't yeah. like bottom of bottom of the league bad. So yeah, I can't remember who else I had. I know I uh, I know Whiteside was on there somewhere. Um, I think him up late, and he would, was amazing. The uh, because that's a fab league, so like how important was fab in making that run for you? Yeah, it was. Was huge. Um, it was behind in threes, and I know I picked up 
Uh, it was at least two guys, threes. I think Beth Curry was one of the guys okay. I picked up, and he was really good. And then uh, Duncan Robinson uh, was nice, amazing. Nice, nice. I remember the year. Yeah. So, so that's not. So I hammered threes <laughs> and and and, and oh. Yeah, it just I, every night I was like rising <laughs> in three. Nice. I'm like, this is fantastic. Like they're all hitting like three or four and five, and I'm like, this is great. That's sweet. That's that's so awesome, man. That's yeah. I want to make a run like that. But uh, man, salute, man. That's that that's really good. In terms of for hoops, um, especially with the third round reversal, do you find uh one particular slot better than the other? Like you prefer the you know, the front end, the back end, middle. Yeah. What, what, what do you like? Well, I mean, all I really have to look at here is the ones that we did. I don't get the one. I kind of like You like the back end. end. Okay. I mean, Especially third round reversal. Part of it is going to go and pick 10. Like, I will, I will yeah, like that. <laughs> like, I think he's I think he's going to have a huge okay. year. I think you see the mess again here now with Brooklyn, and he's out of it. So I think he's relaxed. I think he likes being in Philadelphia. I mean, he took a cut to there. Um, I think he's, he's going to He's always been a good regular yeah. season player. Um, he just does he does so many things well in a roto league with no turnovers as a category. Right, right. Like, he's just, he's like, I mean, threes. Uh, he gets a ton of defensive stats, which is which is you, great. You like it? Uh, you like really him better good. than Luca? I think I do, just because of the right. free throws. Yeah, I hear you. Um, he's such. He still shoots eight on yeah. free throws, and he's so elite. Yeah. Like it's just it's yeah. Um, I think the points are gonna kind of be down again. I had him last year in my main event team, and he just would go me nuts. Like he'd have a game where he'd take eleven shots, and I'm like, yeah. come on, <laughs> and I'm like, you need to shoot more. Right. Okay. You're the second option on the team behind Embiid. You can't just have Embiid do everything. <laughs> At the end of the day, he was, you know, even though he only took 11 shots, he, you know, at first, he was yeah. pretty he makes even of them. You know, he's had assists and even rebounds and, like, two steals. And I'm like, he still does everything, even if he's not scoring. That's so, true. That's true. Yeah, Rock, Rock, yeah. Rocco was killing me. Rocco yeah. was like, Rocco thought I should have taken hard in there instead of Dodges. Um, yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of merit to it. It was Curry, Doncic, and Jordan because I wanted to see how a Curry build yeah. would go. Um, I think you know, I think I would make Harden before before Curry. And Interesting. Ah, okay. So Harden. Okay, so you go Harden, Curry, Doncic, and those three. Okay. I think okay. I would, yeah, yeah, and I think I would take all of them over Makes Trey sense. Young. Okay, why? Um. I mean, I think Trey Young and Deontay Murray in the same backcourt is going to put both yeah. their stuff down. Yeah, I agree. Especially if they, I mean, I'm just going to pass it to each other <laughs> score all the time, which, I mean, it's obviously going to happen. I don't know. I, it, it'll be, it's an interesting uh, backcourt. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how that works out, too, because you figure that, you know, they're, they're going to stagger them, obviously, but then I mean, Trey may, you know, play more off the ball a little bit, you know, with the, you know, Dezante running things. So, yeah. It, but I don't know. Do you really want that? You know, <laughs> like you kind of want Trey having the ball in his hands, right? But yeah, so it'll be interesting. Um, 
this is one thing I was talking with Jenneke about. And since you do a lot of drafts, and, and this could be applicable to any sport, um, do you find, like, in terms of your results, when you draft early, you know, or late, or in the middle, do you find, like, one, you know, time period you're more successful than others? Well, for basketball, this is by far the earliest I've drafted, so I can't really speak to the basketball aspect okay. of things. Um, but for baseball, kind of, I think it's like equal results, equal. basically. Okay. Um, yeah, the, you can get some huge steals. Right. If you draft early. And really drafting yeah. baseball. I mean, it's insane. Um, like, and Riley, for example, I got him in the sixth round in the first draft. I think I was already mentioned that, but in the very first draft of the day, I got him in the sixth round, and then in the fourth season, he's going in fourth round the whole time. So, yeah, I think you can get some huge deals dropping early. But, you know, if you got the close of the season, you also don't risk, you know, any injury on your roster right. already. So, I had a couple guys in baseball that, not, not this year, but the year before, where, uh, you know, they were retired or they were oh, actually this year too <laughs> third baseman from Seattle retired and Kyle Seeger retired and I had like three shares of mine you know whatever it happens um, yeah it is yeah you can get some steals early but you know if you draft what if I'm only doing one or two drafts right before yeah. the season no question about it I would never do most of your uh your main events you do it as close to the season as possible that's how most people most guys do it right yeah the main events all all go like like the first two weeks before the season not those none of those drafts are all all the main events are are live there's no slow drafts right or are they no, we're, uh, they have satellites too. They got for baseball. They got uh, main event draft in New York, Chicago, and, and uh, Vegas, and then uh, a bunch online. Okay. But there's no slow drafts like a DC, like the time. It's all on no, the clock. No, they're all fast okay. drafts, and they're all within the two weeks okay. before the season. Got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. Um, you obviously you prefer the slow drafts more, right? Or do you like the the high intensity, fast drafts of, of that type of environment? Um. Good question. Um, there, first of all, there's nothing like drafting live and very uh, all these giant yeah. tables, right? They uh, this giant screens. There's a moderator for each each draft. You can hear players getting all called right. out. You know, they take a break after round ten, and you're you're talking with people in other drafts. You're looking at boards. You're seeing who's you know who's going where. Um, it's just different incredible experience so if you're ever going to do a fantasy baseball main event go to vegas <laughs> it's incredible you uh you go every year um i did until yeah, right, right. yeah yeah but now we started in 2017 so i think i did three years and then pandemic hit and we it is the first time this year okay uh, that's freaking awesome um all right, man. We've been going for hour thirty. I really appreciate it. It's, it's late here on the East Coast, so I really appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time uh, to chat with me. Uh, before we, you know, head off here, um, is there anything that you want to tell the peoples? 
In the draft room. You can't win unless you're in the draft, right? That's all I got to Yo, Fish. This, nah, this... Nah, son, thanks, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this was awesome. Uh, I love talking to him. He's small baseball. Any, any sport, I'll talk. Yeah, not... Nah, this, nah, this was awesome. Thanks for having me on, man. No, nah, it was great. No, nah, thank you very much. You do have to change your name from fish to shark, though. Um, I think, uh, you can't be false advertising to people, you know, throwing them off the set like that. But, uh, yeah, thanks again. Good luck to uh, all your drafts. Um, especially, you know, baseball is going to be hitting into money time soon. So, uh, good luck to all your drafts, sir. Thank all you. right. Take it easy, John. Later. Later.